sure at what point I was like, you know what? This just seems like a horrible idea. I don't <laughs> like this weather whatsoever. And I think right now I'm like, yeah, I pay too much in rent for this weather. I might need to make a change. Yeah. But I mean, we're hoping it pays off. It's I think it's supposed to get a little warmer here soon. I know we always do our like casual weather update because I'm always living in some different place. So it like kind of depends where I'm living and what I'm doing. I guess same goes for you where... But, like, we're on the West Coast now, and so we're kind of like, this is garbage. Like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, so much for sunny Southern California. Yeah. But but I will say, with that, we just finished watching the Oklahoma State versus Kansas State game. Mm-hmm. Lost by five, shot 23 or more-ish three-pointers, shot 23 or we more five free tw- throws. Five for 25 from the three-point line. And I will say, on the other hand, uh, K-State didn't do much better. They were, I mean, they did do better. They were 38% from three. We were 22% from three. But, like, they made eight threes. So it's not like they just went on a, they hit, you know, triple digits or something mm-hmm. crazy. Eight's, eight's a good amount, though. I mean, they definitely they definitely kept them in the game, and especially in key yeah. moments. But you've got Baylor coming on Monday night. Yep. In Stillwater, and then uh, last game of the season at Texas Tech, last game of the regular season at least. We're making the Big 12 tournament this year, thank goodness, because <laughs> last year we couldn't. But do, do you think right now, what are your what are your guesses on, like, if we can make March Madness? Do you think we have a good shot? I, I think we should, and I'm trying not to, like, play into as much of the Lenardi stuff, because that, like... In comparison to, you know, like NFL drafts and rankings and, like, all of this different stuff that we have for every single other sport... Like, we have all of this information for for NBA draft, NFL draft, MLB draft, all of these different sources, AP poll, coaches poll, college football playoff, all of this different stuff. At the end of the day, Lenardi's opinion matters, but it it really doesn't because he's not selecting anything. Well, it's not the – him having us – he had us in the last four out before the K-State game. Yeah. That does not mean that the March Madness, or last four, excuse me, 
that does not mean that the March Madness group has us going, yep, that we, we agree with Lilarney on every, literally every single pick he has. Right. I mean, you're you're in, right. Like, everyone's in, picking their own. And in college basketball, like, for some reason, and I know why because there's so many teams, we just don't have that depth of information like we have for almost everything else that we want. Because it's like if I typed in NFL Draft 2023, I'd find eight sources on Google that could potentially all have a different thing. Whereas with the bracket, it's like really the only person you have to go off is Lenardi. And sometimes maybe you have like a CBS sports thrown in there, but like people don't always value it as much. And then you get told like, Oh, they value the net, but then you have Ken Palm, which everybody agrees is more valuable than the net. I, I'm not a math person. I don't know if you're a math person. All of those things take math, which is why smarter people figure that out. But we always rank better in Ken Palm than we do in the net. So I'm always like, this is really confusing because the people at the top of Ken Palm, it's not like, it might be this year, but it's usually not like your Gonzaga, your St. Mary's, like your smaller schools. It's always your bigger schools because everybody knows you're playing harder competition. Not to knock the other schools, but like, but the net seems to take into account that, oh, maybe you're playing a smaller school, right? Yeah, and this goes into why we, like, love and hate March Madness at the same point. Right. Because you can have an Iona team with a dude who looks like he's, who dude who was balding, or is balding, I guess. Maybe he's, maybe he's got a serious situation fixed out. It's 2023. But they can have that team beat uh, Kofi Coburn and the Il- right. Illinois team. And then... Oklahoma State play later that day going, oh, my gosh, we don't even have to face Illinois. And then we lose to Oregon State. Yeah. And, like, that's that's just part of it. You can't account. Like, how are you going to account for this type of stuff at a ranking of, oh, I think Oklahoma State deserves to be in because I think they can make it through week one, but we're going to put them as an eighth rank because they couldn't make it past. They can make they can beat the nine seed, but they couldn't beat the one seed. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you're not doing that ranking. And the automatic bids, those are crazy, too, because – Okay, you've got Lenardi basically factoring that into okay. So, St. Mary's it, right now, if they win, they're playing tonight against Gonzaga at Gonzaga. Yeah. If they win, they get the automatic bid. Yep. If they lose, then they tie you know Gonzaga with the regular season bid or whatever, right? And realistically, they're both probably in. And and, and realistically, yeah. one's fifteen, one's twelve seed. Like they're both in. Yeah. But every single year, it's not like this. Right. It's it's some years where it's like. Well, maybe only one team out of this non-Power 5 conference that we know the school who plays in it is mm-hmm. going to make it. So how do you account for, for example, right now we're watching North Carolina, Virginia. North Carolina, I think, is on the bubble. Maybe they're one of the teams that's in. But, okay, like let's say North Carolina just absolutely just dominates, wins the crap out of this game. Cool, but you could have an Oregon State last, you know, but you could have you could have them in. Mm-hmm. Or you could also have, like, Oregon State last year, who right. made it as a 12 seed, who won the whole back 12. Right. It was like, wait, hang on a second. What? How does that even work out? And you've got to – I'm sure that bounced some team that was going to be the eighth big 12 team. There's only 10 teams in the big 12. Yeah. Or the seventh or whatever, because you just have these automatic bids that happen that you have to account for in March Madness. And Lenardi's the only one who really puts it all together like a big spreadsheet and makes it all yeah. make sense. Because, to your point, net ratings, you can't take that into account. The Ken Palm rankings, you can't take that into account either. Like, that's, all that is is just saying this is one through 300 of the best mm-hmm. teams in college basketball based on 
that are offensive, defensive, and several other ratings that are, like you said, a ton of math. Yeah, you know, it's it's like I almost equate it to war in baseball, right? Because <laughs> like war in baseball, like the MLB has not approved this statistic, so you can't use it to get into the Hall of Fame or anything of that nature. But like they say, they loosely use net in terms of like getting people into the tournament, but. If we, we we entered today that the 41st team in the net, right? Which I don't understand how we keep dropping and West Virginia keeps rising. It doesn't make any sense to me. When we're playing the same teams, West Virginia's not winning. Like, we still have a better record than they do. I don't know if it's the whole, like, oh, well, you're you're not playing well right now. So, like, you're dropping in the net or whatever, and I don't know how much impact those two one-point one games that we had against... Southern Illinois and UCF count, but it's like, you know, you've got West Virginia, who they say is automatically in the tournament, who we split with, who we have a better record with, better record than both in conference and total. So I, it, it, that doesn't make any sense to me, but then you, you look like you mentioned, we're watching North Carolina right now. Like you look at North Carolina, do you, do people actually think they would put OSU in over North Carolina? You got some fans who would go, oh, well, Oklahoma State's played much better teams. They should be in. But I don't think anyone in the country is going, oh, they will put them in over North Carolina. Because right now, North Carolina is 17 and 11. Oklahoma State is 16 and 12, or 16 and 13, I think, after today. So, what would we be in the ACC? I know you can't say, but like. We would have a better record than North Carolina, one would think. Right. I mean. But this goes, this goes to a whole deal as well, too. Like, every single team deals with a bunch of injuries. We're not the only one. Yeah. But for me to say, oh, losing one of our players, Moose Sise, who started a ton of games for us this season, not every one, and has not started and any at, since he's been at injured. At the time, we were like 9-1 and one or something but, when he had played. Yeah, when he had played, we were just doing incredibly well. Yep. Then we have... I forget if it was Woody Newton or Caleb Asbury who had, like, a death in the family. Newton. Newton, who missed some games earlier this year, too. And now Avery Anderson. Have we won a game since he's been... We've won one game since he's been out. It was the first game that we played, which was against... It was the, the game before Kansas. The TCU at home? Or Iowa State away. Iowa State away. Iowa that's State the, away. That's the game we won and, where and Iowa I, State hadn't lost at home until that game. Yeah, and then Iowa State loses to OU today. So right. it's... You know, it, it's hard to say. I, I don't want to say that was fluky, but mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious to me that we're a better team than Iowa State this year, considering we beat them twice. But Iowa State's been ranked all year. And our record has been, we've been one game back of them for a lot of the season. Like, they haven't been that much better than us. So, I, I and they've been ranked. Like, they're, they're ranked. They've been ranked almost all year. So, it, it truly... I, I don't understand it. I, I don't necessarily think we're a great team, but are we one of the are we a top sixty eight team in the country? Yes, because if you have to look at teams like Northwestern, for example, and go, yeah, they're ranked. And you're like, are they though? Like are are or are they just playing the Big Ten? There's also the teams that just to switch the whole ranking idea that you're bringing up, like, Costa Carolina will get ranked in football. And it's like, we should be able to beat the living crap out of them on a neutral site field. Yeah, seven, we, we could have beat, we would have beat the pants off of them last year, and we sucked. 
But I, I mean, I honestly, I don't feel super confident about that. No. But I think you're right. I think there's purely off talent wise. And so when you bring it back to basketball, that was the immediate one I know example wise. That's why I brought it to football. But basketball, I'm sure there's like six, seven teams where I'm going, hang on a second. Okay. What's going on here? Like Creighton? Yeah. Like, I feel like we're way better than Creighton in basketball, but I don't know. They're having a hot streak and they're showing everyone up, you know, whatever it is. But there's just going to be, there's going to be widespread, like, issues with teams. Yeah. For example, Florida State just won on a buzzer beater against Miami earlier today. Florida State got their ninth win of the season today. Yeah. If they carry this momentum through and win the whole ACC, they're in. They knock out a team like us or like West Virginia yeah. or, you know, whatever. And that really could hurt. I mean, Arizona State, like, they're not ranked, but they have their 20th win. They also won on a buzzer beater earlier today against Arizona at U of A. Like, crazy good win for them. Probably means a lot. They could be one of those teams that one already has in. I don't know the whole back 12 super well, but I, I've what watched, are we doing? I've watched some Arizona, Arizona State this year. Um, it, I would be like, they're 20 and 9 this year, and I, they were ranked earlier this year as well. I would be hard pressed to think that we wouldn't play them really close. You know, and they, they have 20 wins. Like, and I don't want to do the whole conference thing, but this is the one sport that we get to have this, like, super big, like, conference alignment or conference, like, passion thing where it's like, no, we, we are simply playing significantly better teams. And that's it. But it's like, you look at Miami, NC State um, got smoked by Clemson today. And NC State was ranked. Like, not today, but they were previously ranked. They beat North Carolina. Like, I, I see a lot of these teams in these other conferences that are pushing 20 wins, and they suck. Like, the eye test just makes it go, hang on a second. One of these is not like the other. Like, that's... Right, the, the eye test is so bad because you see a 14... 14- ranked team in the country, AP poll-wise, Kansas State, who's got 21 wins, 22 after they beat Oklahoma State today. And you're like, dude, I think this team can make it to the Final Four. So it's like, you know, like right now, like tell me like after today's game. Fran said it. Why? And and I, I totally agree. You know. And I, they're 10-6 and six in the conference. They're 10-6 and six and people say they could they could make the Final Four in the conference. Yeah. They're 10-6 and six in the Big 12. And people are like, oh, they could make it. But – I mean, they're they're showing it right now, which is pretty convenient for us. Arizona State is first four out, and they're twenty and nine. They're they have twenty wins in their first four out, and Oklahoma State is still last four in with sixteen with, wins. With sixteen wins, along with Mississippi State, who has nineteen wins. So it's like it, in my opinion, there's yeah. there's no other teams that could play in the conference that we play in and be, you know, like what is Arizona state in the big 12? And these are obviously rhetorical questions. What is Arizona state in the big 12? What is Northwestern? What is North Carolina? You know, what is Miami? They're, they're 13th in the country and they lost to Florida state at home. I know it was on a buzzer beater, but that means Florida state was within two points of you. They have nine wins which to me accounts for like four. They might not win a game in the Big 12. What's well, what's the second toughest conference? Because the Big 12 is the toughest. I mean, there's 
that right now we're talking about possibly eight. Texas Tech has been on the, you know, kind yeah, of getting some, getting, right some getting, getting some numbers, getting some hype for the ninth team in the, you know, for the Big 12 to be talked about and make March Madness. But what's the second best conference after the Big 12? I would probably say the SEC. And the SEC with 14 teams yeah. with a bunch of, honestly, I, there's not a better way to put it than just nonsense going on. They have with dead a, weight. With a like, bunch of teams that are just easy to beat. Half their conference is dead weight. Like the, yeah. the Big Ten's good. I think the Big Ten is good. But, I mean, if, if you're saying that you've got Purdue, who's obviously up there, um, Indiana's good. But then you're like, oh, Northwestern is our third-ranked team? They finish eighth in the Big 12. Like, I, I, I'm i sorry. I'm just not – I don't respect them enough to be scared of them. And they could be great. They could go on a run in March Madness. But as we know, we talked about this the other night. There's a handful of teams that have actually won national championships over the last 20 years. There's just a lot of repeat offenders, and that's it. Like, you you rarely have new blood, but you have, a, like, a Baylor. But, like, Gonzaga's never won a national championship. We feel like they're there every year. They're, they're, they're in the national championship game. It's Villanova. You know, two it's, out of the past five years, I think. It's Nova, who sucks this year. Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. Uh, Michigan State. Kentucky will make a run every so often, but not not consistently. But it's like you don't... Even, like, Oklahoma, the first team that comes to mind with, you know, a a team that has had multiple top draft picks over the last 20 years or so. Um, And really good players, Blake Griffin, Trey Young, Buddy Heald. Nothing. Like, they... who was it they played with? But they played Villanova and got smoked. Was it, I think the Elite Eight when they had Buddy Healed? Maybe the Sweet Sixteen. They got smoked, and so it's like that's not to knock on Oklahoma. This happens to multiple teams, but like let let's not pretend like there's a mixed bag of teams winning the national championship. Well, this is something that. You and I have had the discussions, I don't know how many times now, of, like, where I think our football team is, like, having enough success to be proud of. Yeah. But what I'm hearing you say that I think makes this full circle and why I'm bringing this up is that we play in a conference in football that is not a great conference football-wise. It's just not. So if you were telling me, hey, we play in the SEC and we have eight wins or more consistently year over year, ten wins or more consistently year over year, it's like, well, hang on. That's a really thing to hold your hat on in SEC. Yeah, absolutely. Big Ten, Big Twelve. It's just not the. It's not. You can hold your hat on it. I think as an Oklahoma State fan, that's been a lifelong Oklahoma State fan since like as early as I can remember. It's something where it still is new, still feels special. Yeah. So there's there's a difference there. But you growing up in SEC country, growing up as a Florida fan, growing up in you know Atlanta area. The differences that I've noticed is that, like, for basketball, you're like, hey, if you can get to 20 wins in the Big 12, that's huge. Yeah. But if you can get to 10 wins in the Big 12 in, in football, it's like, well, cool. Yeah. But what But what does that mean? Right. Like, just, just, just what does it mean? Yeah. Um, And if you get to eight wins, like, uh, okay. Like, you know, like, uh, all right. Like, so you're, 
you're around what K-State does every so often, right. or you're around what Texas Tech did once in a blue moon, but you're around what Texas used to do. I don't, you know, historically over time, I think we're talking about the second best Big 12 team being Oklahoma State by far and away, but we haven't played in the second most, we haven't played in the first or second or third most Big 12 championships since that became a thing in 2014. Right. Um, so to bring it all the way back to the full point is like, Basketball, we can be super proud of the win total because it's the best conference. Mm-hmm. Football, we can't because it's not the best conference. Yeah, well, football, we want to be like football. You, you got to hold it to even a higher standard because the val- the play the value of play is just so much less in football than it is in basketball. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair. That's totally warranted. Yeah, in it's almost like in football we're just like if if we played in the SEC we would be like Mississippi State. Like, you know, you you might knock somebody off, but you're gonna go to a bowl game, right? And that's and that's it. Which I think is why, you know, not to bring it back to football, but like us winning seven games this year is kind of pathetic, because it's like, oh, we won the same amount of games as the ninth place team in the SEC. I don't know. I'm making that up, but you know, like not great. Not it's great. Not, well, it's, it's how many built-in wins do you have? Right. And the big 12 in football, it's like, you've got three built-in wins a year in the regular season, just matchups. And then you've got your non-conference. It's like, you should be making a bowl game every year. Right. Cause no matter what, every single year in football, you should be beating the KUs of the world, the Texas techs, and then one other team, one other random team. In Iowa 12. State in an off year. Iowa whatever. State in an off year. Texas, we historically have beaten them a lot. That's how I hope Gundy's legacy goes down as Maybe is the Baylor. guy who conquered Texas. Maybe Oklahoma Baylor State sucks coach. that year. Yeah. But in basketball, every single night. I mean, this is like not even – shout out to Joel Penfield, who held a podcast recently. But, every, but he's, you know, he's used the term, and I, I think I've tried to steal it from him now a little bit here, is that – the Big 12 is like a fight in a phone booth every single night in basketball. It's really a lot. Now, we did give up 100 points earlier this year, so it's not all defense, but a lot of it's really, really good defense yeah. and really, really good play. And just every single night, you don't have a off game. Yeah. Like, every like I love watching Oklahoma State basketball because I know every single game is going to be at least competitive, or it should be. Now, the one true exception so far is that TCU game, which – Oh my gosh! I wish I could get those hours back in my life, but you know, just my, I, I, got, I didn't well, watch. I got to watch with my dad, so yeah. I'll never say that. Really, I, I was. It's always fun watching sports with your dad, um, you know, or my dad especially. So, but with that being said, like that game was just annoying. But the rest of the games in the Big Twelve basketball are a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, KU plays Baylor. Like, oh, I'm tuning in. Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, so many games. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm. Yeah, like I'm tuning in, I'm turning it on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, cannot wait to watch this one. Whereas football, it's like, am I going to watch KU play Texas? Okay, maybe, because like, it'd be kind of funny if it's competitive, because it's just the programs and their history. Mm-hmm. But like when K-State was playing Texas earlier this year, I was like, oh, no, Texas has this. Like, what am I doing? Like, Texas went up like by like a touchdown, and immediately I was like, all right, I can fall back asleep, it's fine, you know, or yeah. take a nap or do whatever. Because it was just like, eh. Whereas in basketball, no chance. I mean, West Virginia took Kansas all the way to the end of the game today. And KU ended up pulling out the win. 
West Virginia now has a five and eleven record in the Big Twelve, much worse than Oklahoma State's, and a sixteen and thirteen overall, same same season record as Oklahoma State. Yep. Back to your point, they're in somehow. They're in over Oklahoma State, right? Even though we split the season series and we split it, we each won the home game. Yeah, it it it's really confusing, and you know they showed Mississippi State. I don't mean to pick on them, but Mississippi State, for example, won their second ranked win of the year this year, beating Texas A and M, who probably shouldn't be ranked in the first place. Mississippi State's other ranked win this year was TCU. Where Mike Miles got hurt. Wow. So yeah. they have played. They've won one ranked game this year in conference. I'm not saying rankings mean everything. But th- we know they base it on that. We know they look at ranked wins. And they played. They won one ranked game this year in conference. We won three. So. Not saying that's any better. But it's like. It's just, it's not the same because Mississippi State, if you look at it, they're 19 and 10, right? We're 16 and 13. Man, it would sure be freaking sweet if we didn't have to play a ranked team every week because we might have three extra wins. But if if your conference gets rewarded, then I don't care. This will be interesting with the expansion of the Big 12. Yes. It's th- this this is what really will bring it full circle on, okay, so like this year we lost to UCF by one neutral yeah. site, but it was in the state of Florida, I believe, or it was yeah. not. It was not in the state of... Is it like Sunrise, Florida? Is that where it was? I think so. It, it also, I don't think there were that many fans. It looked like it was in a hotel ballroom from the setup. I know it wasn't, but I'm just saying like, not like UCF had a huge presence there either is the point. So... When UCF joins the conference officially, when Houston joins the conference officially, when BYU joins the conference officially in Cincinnati all next year, mm-hmm. in basketball, it'll be like, wait a second, did our conference get, get did it get easier? The answer is going to be yes, because there'll be more variables and more teams for us to play. Right. Where there will be a BYU we get to play. There will be a Cincinnati. There will be a UCF. But unless Kelvin Sampson retires anytime soon, Houston's going to be just as tough, if not tougher, than anything played in the Big 12 every night because right. they're they're like one of the favorites to go win it all this year. Yeah, they're and, like they play like a Big 12 team too. Like they're yeah, it's horrible. It's disgusting basketball. It, it's 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 really a defensive approach. Yeah, you know, I mean, it really is like oh, Oklahoma State shot five of twenty from three mm-hmm. and only lost the game by five and scored sixty eight. Wait, how? Yeah, and that, but that's how that's. Houston plays very similarly. Yeah. They'll fit in perfectly, but, like, you wonder if – because that's always the thing. Are these teams going to get transfers now? Like, that's – are they going to get recruits now? Like, that's the question because it's like, oh, are they going to go play in the Big Ten? You know? Or are they going to go play in the Big 12? Where are they going to want to go play? Because if, if we're being honest right now, College basketball is not, and this is kind of going a little off, but college basketball is not looking to be the premier landing spot for top picks anymore. Well, what do you think is now? That G League thing, I think people like that, especially this year. I think 
the overseas thing is probably going to start to kick in here pretty soon. And, you know, obviously this year, you know, you've got like Winbanyama and all that stuff. But, I mean, who, like, who's the best player in college basketball this year? Draft-wise, not even, like, uh, Zach Eady is I'd probably. Ask you. Yeah, I'd ask you on that defer, because what is it? Um, Brandon Miller, Miller. Brandon Miller out of Alabama. There's a couple of overtime elite guys that that's this is not college basketball yeah who are talking about getting drafted their brothers there's uh scoot henderson g league guy g league night guy mm-hmm. there's victor Wemyama, who's foreign player from I mean, he's from paris like a suburb outside of paris yeah um he he could transcend to the whole entire sport and that's not hyperbole it's really not he's i seven did foot, see him he's get seven bodied foot the other five. day though well, he's seven foot five and he's taking lessons from dirk Nowitzki's shooting coach. Yeah. And he can shoot the three and he can, and he's seven foot five. Like mm-hmm. bar an injury, this guy could be the next deal. But I will say this, you know, the last person I said that about Zion, he's about to get his second. He's, he's on a second contract. Excuse me. And it's like, wait a second. He's going to be out for how long with the hamstring injury. We're never going to see a full season from Zion as first or second deal. Maybe. Yeah. That's bad. So I'm not going to say when Yama is going to be the next LeBron because Honestly, you don't. That doesn't happen. No, you don't. You don't get a LeBron every so often. You don't get a KD every so often. But what you do get is you do get like great guys who prove themselves in college with the NIL deals. I hope that Scoot Henderson, for example, will go. Wait a second. Why did I do this G League night where no one really sees me play mm-hmm. on the biggest stage for non? Pro non NBA basketball, yeah, because G League is pro basketball, so non NBA basketball is not me. And before the draft, it's still not me. It's all March Madness. It's all everyone focuses on. And with the NIL deals, I hopefully that you know means that like these overtime elite guys, these G League night guys, these foreign guys, whatever, will come over. And I I, I want to ask you this: like, do you think that Lori Markinen, I recently just heard him on the Rosillo podcast. Yep. He was, of course, all-star. He took apart the Thunder earlier this week, uh, I think on Thursday night in overtime in Utah. There are a couple ref calls that I don't want to get into. <laughs> but he scored 43 against the Thunder. Yeah. Lloyd Marketing. He's on his third team. He's a foreign player from Finland. What is he, a fit, fifth? Is this his fifth year, fourth year? Yeah, I think this is his fifth or sixth team. Yeah. Fifth or fifth or fifth year point being is that he's a guy from Finland who's not American but went to go play University of Arizona. Yeah. And around and he just he said this on the most recent podcast to listen to about it that yeah around December he was like wait I'm not going to play all four years here at Arizona. Wait they think I might be a lottery pick? Yeah. If I'm Scoot Henderson I don't know do I go play? The, the real question would be if you're Jalen Green mm-hmm. right now you saw you didn't go number one overall. You think you should have, whatever. Yeah. But if you're if you're Jalen Green, Houston Rockets, yeah, second pick overall, NBA draft, right behind Kate Cunningham. Are you are you going, man, I should have played college ball? Probably. Probably. Because my minimal knowledge about G League is the G League Ignite and all that stuff. Is they're playing professional players right yeah to an extent yeah 
I don't know if they receive the kind of coaching that an 18 year old needs. That's, that's always been my question, but also like him in particular. Yeah, probably because that's his opportunity to get shots up. Like that's, he's just getting shots up like he does now. And so maybe he gets it out of him where it's like, you know, he's taken 17 shots in a college basketball game, which is a lot as we know, like that's, that's a lot, but in, you know, in G league, like he's, you kind of got to share the ball with whoever's on your team. Wasn't, didn't he play with Kaminga? Mm-hmm. Is Kaminga on that team? All that kind of stuff. But this, this kind of goes into a bigger conversation we had earlier Basketball players are almost getting worse. Like they're less polished coming into college basketball and the G League and, and and especially the NBA where like I just checked briefly just cuz I was curious so Bleacher Report that was the first one I looked at so don't yell at me. Um Bleacher Report had Grady Dick going number 6. And I don't think Grady Dick is a bad basketball player. By any means. But nobody could tell me he's more than tall Joe Harris. But I also think he's more of a surefire bet than like the Tom- sure. these Thompson twins um, from the Overtime Elite sure. games. Because I have watched a couple of highlights. And when I say a couple highlights, like it's not that much. But it doesn't look like they're really having to try to play basketball. No. So many times when I'm sure... Anyone who's played any pickup basketball or seen pickup basketball recently, it's basically can you take your guy off the dribble in any pickup game? Yep. If you can take your guy off the dribble, oh, that's a bucket. That's it. Oh, wait, the other the the team you're playing against decided to help side defense and you don't know how to pass it. Turnover, layup line the other court. Yeah, like that lay, layup line the other side. That's just all it is. That's all pickup basketball is now. There's no like, I, like people don't know how to run like a pick and roll. Like, yeah, in, in makeup basketball, no one's throwing out a two-three zone. No one's throwing <laughs> out a box, you know, box plus one. No one's trying to, you know, set two, you know, down screens and then, you know, pin a guy from the backside cutting in. That had happened to me literally once because it was uh, just the slowest, and they were like, let's set two pin down screens on this guy so we can hit the game winner and leave. It was annoying for me, but... Point being is that just no one's doing any of that type of stuff instinctively or trying to like run like a hey man like come on over hey like come, hey come come here come here I got an idea but like, you do like it in college but in college you have to play basketball for- you have to play team basketball and it's bizarre when guys just come into the NBA not knowing how to do that like Jalen Green it just was it just is weird watching him play basketball because he just is grew up in this like. I'm Steph Curry. Yeah, he, I'm it, gonna pull it. It's like every game he watches like a J.R. Smith highlight tape, mm-hmm. and you're just like, dude, that. I I don't think college basketball is is great. I I love it, but it it's pretty rough basketball. But the one thing that college basketball does over every other form of basketball is it forces you to play in a system. Mm-hmm. It forces you to play as a team, and it forces you to play defense. The NBA, contrary to what J.J. Redick says, those dudes don't play defense. Not like they do in college basketball. 
if you can ask off, I'm a teacher, and NBA players get to ask off more than I do. They get more off days than I do. Like, oh, it, yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and so it's me. like, yeah. we talked about this earlier, that doesn't happen in hockey. In college basketball, you don't miss games. And I know they play less. I'm aware of this. They play 50 less games or so in the regular season. What what I would, my question to you would be is that yeah. NBA, at that point, you've made it. Right. College, you haven't. Right. So, I think the NHL comparison's fair. Like, NHL, like, they're playing, like, like still a large amount of games. Yeah, they play a ton. It's they, close. It's a, I think it's, it's 80. It's, it's more physical, clearly, than the NBA. Way more physical. They lose, like, pounds. I games. talked to former yeah. NHL players, and, like, I'm not trying to, like, toot my own horn, but people that don't know, I, I worked for the NHL, so I, I used to talk to players. And I didn't know anything about hockey, and I still don't know a ton about hockey. But at the time, they told me, they're like, yeah, man, we, like, we'll weigh ourselves before games, and we'll be down 10 pounds after games. Well, and I'm sure NBA guys would say the same thing yeah. when they, because they're, but they're already so conditioned. the 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 key thing with the NBA, I'd say, comparatively to college basketball or NHL or whatever, is that the incentive to play every single night is not as much there. No, it's just not. You've Kyrie Irving it. said, "Yeah, go ahead and trade me," because he didn't want to be. He he would have stayed with the Nets. Kevin Durant might have too. This this will be a total like sliding doors moment. If you haven't seen that movie, please do. And it'll be a true sliding doors moment here in like five years. Not how Kyrie and Kevin Durant's careers turn out because if the Nets go, you know what, Kyrie, we just want to sign you for the max, and we don't care how many games you play. Yeah. But because the Nets this this offseason were trying to put in stipulations for how many games you had to play, percentage wise or just overall. And it was like win healthy, type like of they deal. do in every sport. For the record, besides the NBA, besides the NBA, right? Because the, we, I mean, the NFL, there's no fully guaranteed contracts. MLB, I don't know exactly how that all works, but there still is like conditions. You have to play a certain amount of so- games. Soccer is pretty big on appearances. Soccer is pretty darn big too. And I think all the pro sports is fair to compare it to. But the my, my point here, because I'm making it too long, is that. The NBA, you're incentivized actively to get the best player in the draft. Because yes. if you have the first pick in the NFL draft, and it's Javion Clowney, cool. You have the 10th pick in the NFL draft, it could be Patrick Mahomes. Right. And and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, okay, we had the, you know, we traded up, we got this pick, whatever. The NBA, you could either have Victor Wembanyama, or you could have... Uh, Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget one. But you could have, like, Malik Monk or James Booknight. And on the opposite side of it, you could also have, like, you could have, you know, um, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, who's picked after Malik Monk. So, at the 13th pick, like, the NBA gets just such a crapshoot because there's only five players. You could have a guy who's like, oh, my gosh, how in the world did we get a chance to draft LeBron? Right. And then in the same, or a couple years later go, yeah, we drafted Anthony Bennett. This did not work. Now we're going to get a chance to draft Kyrie Irving. Right. Yeah, it, it's... You just, you're actively incentivized to tank so much more in the NBA versus every other sport, and that means guys are going to miss games because the GM's going to go, hey, man, yeah, you know what? Hey, Dame Lillard, dude, I, I know you just had the All-Star break, but are you sure you want to come back and play tonight? Like, are, are you 110% positive? Because right now we're the 12th seed. Yeah. We're not playing for a play-in. 
I don't know what they are to like literally today when recording this February 25th, but th- there's there's a good chance that it's like, hey, Lillard, hey, hey, let's read the room a little bit. Why don't we get Shane Sharp a little more playing time? Why don't we get Archie Dinocchio a little bit more playing time too? See how these guys shake out a little bit more. Give them some more chances to really run the offense. And then next year, we'll run it back. We'll see what you got. Because for so many years, the Trailblazers have been too good to get an actually good pick. Right. They had C.J. McCollum and Daniel Lillard for so many years. They wait. I mean, Lillard, like, shout out to him. He's a real good player. He waved by the Thunder. That'll stick with me for forever. But... His legacy is like winning a playoff series will be that. Yeah. I mean, really winning a playoff series over the Thunder, and that's something to definitely hold your hat on. I'm not saying that's not, but to reach to reach peak potential, you can't be like, oh, let me see if we could get like the MVP runner runner up in the you know, in our best position on the field in the second round. Yeah. Or in the NBA term, like that's I'm talking about Jalen Hurts here, or in NBA terms, like I wonder if the 16th pick we can get a future MVP. Like, it just, there's a reason why Jokic is a unicorn. Because and Giannis, it's, Giannis. It, it's literally, he's the only one to ever be a second rounder to get MVP. Yeah, and, and Giannis, that's such a weird deal, too. Because it's like, this guy playing in Greece, where we think the basketball goals might be 10 feet, but no one's really scouted him, is going to be picked 15th overall. Yeah. And then it's going to take multiple years of him playing in the perfect organization for him to have time to get better and progress to actually be as good as he is today, too. But I, I think with the NBA is, like, what we're transitioning towards is you've got guys that come in and are very good bench players. Andrew Nemhard is mm. – I know he's been really good this year, and I saw his name pop up on the ticker, so um, excuse me. I don't I don't watch the NBA that no, much. No, he's but, really good for the Pacers. But I know he's, he's really, been really good yeah, for yeah. the Pacers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he played all four years in college. So, you know, there it's going to take these people years to develop, much more so than probably ever. Like you said, there's no more LeBrons, which there's never been a LeBron, but there's no more you're going to come into the NBA and dominate. It's just not going to happen. You are going to look more like Jason Tatum. That's it. Like, because for all we know, like we mentioned Jalen Green earlier, Jalen Green could win the scoring title here in the next three years. Like three years from now, he's what, 25? And he wins the scoring title. Next, He's the next Bradley Beal. Really good scorer, terrible team. Right? Would that surprise me? Not in the slightest. But what I'm not going to do is write him off like he's Michael Carter-Williams. Right, no, like that. Not at all. But yeah. I think that's kind of what the NBA is transitioning towards because you've got Laurie Markkinen right, brought him up earlier, where it's like, it's clear to me that it is taking a lot of these guys so much longer to develop, and the guys that develop faster were in college for longer. You're not just coming in and dominating anymore. It doesn't work that way. Well, Donovan Mitchell, for example, played all four years in college, and that was the knock on him. Always old. Did he really? Yeah, he played at Louisville all four years. I did Maybe not three, know. but yeah. That was the knock over one. Out. He was there over one at least. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure he played all four. I mean, it's it's one of those where Mitchell's like the knock on him was, okay, we're gonna get him. He still ha- has a little bit of upside, but not a ton. Yeah. So this is who we think he's a finished player today. 
It's like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? Whereas with John Morant, it's like, well, hang on a second here. This guy at a Murray State, not a Power 5 school. He played three years. Okay. Three years. Is incredible. But John Morant, ton upside. We can see what, yeah, we'll see what he can do. Did he come out as a freshman? Or was he a sophomore? sophomore. But the, the point being of, like, just just the age. The age matters so much on these guys in the NBA because you really, the amount of players who have played after they've been 35 is just just so small. So is, is NBA, I mean, is the age span starting to get tighter then? Like, is it starting to look, look more like NFL running back stuff? Like... It really is because you're seeing – earlier we were talking about how that there's not a ton of guys who play NBA, who play basketball necessarily. They play yeah. one-on-one. They play pickup style, right? We're watching here uh, Virginia, North Carolina. There's a lot of, like, all right, pick and rolls that are just not run perfectly, all type of stuff. It's yeah. college basketball. Like, it's fun to watch. North Carolina's not ranked. Virginia's sixth in the country. Like, it's, it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. But point being – they're not going to be perfect. Like, they're not going to handle everything perfectly. NBA no. guys don't at all whatsoever. The biggest difference, though, from, like, me watching college versus pros right now is the pros, you have to be at your peak, peak athleticism to play in the pros. Yeah. You can't really get by being, like, a guy who's slow getting up and down the court. Andre Drummond has played out of the league, basically. Um, Dwight Brooke, Howard. Brooke Lopez changed his game. Whole game. But Dwight Howard out of the league. Mark Michael Carter-Williams out of the league. Uh, Kamala Anthony out of the league. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, well, he's still really athletic. He's just more mental. But the point being is, like, these guys are, like, out of the league because they can't keep up. Yeah. They can't keep up. And they, it's such, like, a flip of the switch. Like, oh, we, well, we don't need you to play defense. We need you to hit shots. Yeah. But then if, like, unless you're basically, like, 50%, 40% from three – then, like, if you're too slow, you're out of the league. Like, I saw Kevin Herter double-clutch a three-point shot going into the end of the first quarter, going into halftime last night in the Kings Clippers games. That was so bad. He missed the whole basket, the whole, I mean, everything, double-clutched it. And I was like, man, if this guy does that two or three more times, he's so bad on defense. He just is. He's just a small white guy playing. I mean, he's like it's like if you or I are out there playing – NBA basketball, Six, just five, like just just like we were like three or four inches taller, yeah, and we're forty percent from three consistently, yeah. But like if he all of a sudden goes, oh crap, I can't, I'm shooting thirty percent, he's not playing. No, Duncan Robinson's contract looks horrible because he's not in as many as he used to. He's like almost fifty percent from three, and it was like, oh my gosh, the Heat got him on one heck of a deal, and now they've got like Max Struess playing games or something like that. Exactly, because like. Honestly, Robinson doesn't hit as many as he used to. Robinson stopped doing his whole podcast, I believe, because he That's honestly sad. was like, it's it's getting to him. So, the NBA, you just really can't be, like, out of shape. You really can't be no. old. You really can't be slow and make it anymore. That's you, also why, like, you don't see a lot of guys just playing big up hoops who have, like, a really good skill set but are slow. Just, you just aren't playing big up hoops anymore if you, have, if you know how to play – and I'm not saying I don't play basketball. I don't really know how to play basketball. I need to be coached. I need to know, like, what to switch with. I need whatever. Right. But when you have all these guys who are transferring from school to school and college, and then all of a sudden they play at High Point University, let's use John Michael Wright as an example, 
and they come and they play Big 12 basketball, and they're making 19 points. They're hitting, you know, and shots, scoring 19 plus a game. Oh, man, that's amazing. How in the world did you not get to be a Power 5, you know, not a Power 5 school? But we kind of see like, that now, right? It's like, he's oh. not bad. It's like, obviously. oh, like you just don't have the athleticism to be out there most nights. Yeah. And it all comes back to that. It all comes back to are you in shape enough? Are you conditioned enough? Are you like able to make enough tough shots? But no longer is this a true, oh, you know what? We need a John Michael Wright type of guy. We need a guy who can control the offense, a guy who can slow down the pace of play, a guy who can be conservative and be a senior and be really careful yeah. of the ball. We instead need a guy who's like, oh, that guy's 42% from three? Mm-hmm. Go get him. But he can't play defense. I don't care. He can shoot 42% from three. Yeah. But he, he, he can't stand in front of a guy even. It's like, okay, but do you not see how that shooting, making threes 40-plus percent of the time is going to outweigh all the cons that he has? Well, here's Noel, right? Mm-hmm. The one that plays for Kansas State. Oh, yeah. He is 37 and a half, three point. Or no, that's that's what he shot today. I'm sorry. Um, this season he is shooting 33.9 percent from mm. three, which for college I would say is probably not bad, especially for how much he shoots. However, he played 39 minutes. He came out for one minute. I mean, you talk about a guy who's in shape, but is just undersized. I mean, the guy was making. He can't layups. play defense. Can't play defense, making layups, though, and hitting, you know, some type, using some type of English on the basketball, so it came off the backboard and went around Musa Cisse's arms. He had 22-8-5 today. Like, he's a 5A point guard that played 39 minutes. Does he have a career in the NBA, though? No. And it's just because he couldn't keep up. Because right. the NBA game's even faster. So, let me, you watch the NBA much more than I do. Do you do you agree? Not saying that they don't play defense in the NBA, but the ball pressure is much less in the NBA versus than it is in college, right? Oh yeah, like the the on ball stuff, and that that could that's probably just down to the amount of games, like because James Harden's like, uh, yeah, we have a back to back Sacramento and Golden State. He's like, I'm not guarding you this possession. Sorry. Well, but also like, how much am I going to try? Because the, the biggest thing is, is that the NBA has so, – so last night I saw Clippers-Kings game. Yeah. The total score combined between both teams was over 350 points. Yep. Was the third and fourth highest scoring, you know, game ever, you know, by each team, right? Mm-hmm. 176 to 175. Why I'm bringing this up is that the game was played over two overtimes, so it was played 58 minutes, five minutes for each overtime, 40 minutes regulation, right? But 350 points combined between both teams. It would take Oklahoma State playing another Big 12 team like six games to do that. Yeah. I mean, we scored 46 points at one point in one game earlier this year against Texas. Who scored 56? Like, it still was under 120 Yeah, for the total. And I'm not super great at math. It might have been under 110. It's like, man, this 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 under or this, this amount total is... In eight minutes less of playing time, where the shot clock is only six seconds more per possession, and you know no one's using the whole shot clock every single possession. No. But you're talking me 120 when, like, most NBA games now, the score for one team is 120. 
It's just crazy on the, oh, yeah, we excel in transition. The, the last thing I'd say on the main difference here is, is that there is a bunch of breakdowns between, okay, who's going to be a good playoff team versus who's a good regular season team right now. Memphis Grizzlies are a team that a lot of people are out on, myself included, because they play so well at home and they play so well in transition. They score a ton of points. Steve Adams is really good at throwing the ball down the court, passing it. When he's healthy, he's been out for a while now. John Morant can just run. Yep. And Desmond Bain can just shoot threes. And then they have a couple other guys on the team who are really good at transition basketball. But in college, you see a lot more half-court sets because so many more guys are really, really in shape but don't have a ton of other excellent skills. NBA, you see it. You see Every single person's just as in shape as they were in college, but they also excel at a certain skill. Yeah, and it's like not everybody can run a half-court offense, for example. Like even people in the NBA still can't run half-court offenses. But I, I think that's why there's a lot. Like people that love college basketball, the NBA is hard for them to watch mm-hmm. because – College basketball is almost basketball in, like, its purest, dirty, disgusting form, right? Like, it's it's basketball with a coach that matters. It's basketball with you're actually running plays. There's less ISO. You're playing defense. It's it's basketball where you're playing the, the team that you hate in – intramurals in college right like that that's what it is where you you feel like you have something to play for even if it is just bragging rights whereas the nba do they run sets sure but what what's luca's usage percentage right now oh i mean it's kind of a little bit since i've gotten Kyrie. but to your point it's it's incredibly high it's incredibly high and you know nba people i don't want to watch that I don't, it's like, I've, I've joked with our friend Pete, like pretty frequently I said, because he, he loves the Thunder, and I'm like, yeah, Pete, that's great. But if I can tell you what's going to happen, if I have three options and can tell you what's going to happen on every single time, I don't want to watch it. ISO, high ball screen, drive kick. That's the NBA. That's it. And so that's why people like Jay Crowder get to sit out. That's ridiculous. Well, he didn't want to play this whole year. He didn't want to play a trade because he wanted to play for a good team, right? Even though clearly he can't see what's in front of him, which is a good team. It's right. just bizarre. He was traded part of the Kevin Durant deal, so he wasn't going to be able to stay on that team after they got him. But you know, you know what I'm saying. I know what like, you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's just as well. Let let let's end this set one out on this though. So Oklahoma State's got two more games. Yep. We've been wanting to do this college basketball NBA thing. We for have, a while. we have for, been a while. This has been blowing up. Like yeah, state of like the state. It's like a state of basketball podcast. But do you think that Oklahoma State can make the tournament if they only win one? If they win only against Texas Tech, they win the easier of the two final games. Is it easier? seventeen at Tech versus Baylor at home? I would hope so. I would hope so. But we are favored today. Well, I mean, I mean, do you think we? If we win either of the next two, we're seven, then we'd be seventeen and uh, if we so we win one of the next two, we lose the other one. Be seventeen and fourteen on the season. 
Mm-hmm. Don't exactly remember our Big 12 record off the top of my head here. Do you think we're I in? I think we'd be, what, like 8 and 10? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, we play every team twice, except for ourselves, of course. Yeah. I've seen a lot of 8 and 10, a lot of 7 and 11. Big 12 teams go to the tournament. So, this, I, so yeah? I think we probably should, but... Again, I, I've seen I've seen our program get overlooked in teams that should have made it for you know, as much as people don't want to say Oklahoma made it that year over us and because they had Trey Young and they could put him on television. Um like I've seen teams make it over us that that shouldn't. And Personally, I think there should be nine teams from the Big 12 make it, just not OU, which, again, isn't a knock on them. They just suck this year. But I don't know if they really suck because they smoked Alabama. I don't know. It doesn't. I'm going to say yes. I'm, I think we beat Baylor. We're in. We can lose to Tech at Tech. Yeah. If we beat, if we lose to Baylor at home, but it's Baylor, ranked team, mm-hmm. top, top four in the Big 12, if we lose to Baylor at home, a game that I don't think will be favored, but we might be. It's it'll like be close. Two and a half, or I mean, something. it'll be really close. Yeah, but we lose to Baylor and then beat Tech at Tech. <sighs> Almost matters how we beat them. Yeah, at that point, especially if we're the seventh seed in the Big Twelve, we have to play OU for the third time this season after winning the first two, the Big Twelve tournament, and then we don't like just crush them. Then I don't think we're in. It's. I think we really have to be Baylor Monday night. I I think so. I think yeah. I think you're you're right. It it's so hard without Avery. I think we're kind of realizing the the fruits of his labor right now because people kind of I wouldn't say necessarily me and you, but we kind of knew that he wasn't an offensive player, and that's okay. I'll always be weirded out that West Virginia game that Kate Cunningham missed and Avery went <laughs> off for like 30 plus and just be like, where the heck did that guy go? Yeah. But from the same standpoint, eh, he's, he's always been a defensive guy who's really good in transition but, offensively and takes takes a little too many, a couple too many shots every game. But every, every guy does. Right. And the thing with him is today is one of those days where if he plays, we probably win. We lose by five, and the reason we lost is because our players that are supposed to be able to make open shots did not make open shots. We didn't play poorly defensively. We didn't shoot poorly from the free throw line. We didn't turn the ball over. We didn't over foul. We didn't do any of the things that people want to blame the things of why we lose, of why we lose, right? We lost... Because, and it sounds simple, but evidently it's not. We had a lot of open shots today. A lot. A lot more than I've seen us have any other game this year. And we missed them. Because if we make the same amount of threes that Kansas State does, we win. Oh, yeah. But also, like, if if Asbury, Asbury doesn't take six threes... Takes four. And Bryce Thompson bricked some open balls. But, but I'm just saying, like, if you just take like, yes. threes yeah. and instead of work around for a better shot when we're in double bonus, then if we win, we're almost like, oh.
Yeah, like this was still a super close game. Even though he shot 42 percent three. It's just it's very You're not gonna get you're not gonna get a free night. Nothing's gonna happen either. But that being said, go folks Monday night. You watch it. Try to follow podcast here next week. Jake as always, thanks so much for joining.